0: Brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane.
1: Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek today is a beautiful thursday afternoon a little cooler than it has been uh, it's been uh, some absolutely beautiful weather Matt, we've had a lot going on since our last show
0: absolutely Derek. we're, we're going to talk more about our since our last show segment uh now that we do a, a weekly show a uh, number of different things to uh talk about Derek. you said it's a little bit windy out there and uh wind does not is not good for a balloon and we're going to no, talk about that not. in just no, a second no.
1: we had a couple couple balloon stories to talk yeah. about yeah. uh but i mean you know, balloons i mean it's been absolutely gorgeous um All week, uh, really. I had storms come through Wednesday night last night. But, I mean, other than that, I mean – it was basically a taste of spring for Monday and Tuesday. Awesome today is not bad. It's sunny. It's it's cool. Uh, but we got a little more stuff coming this weekend, and uh, you know with the cooler weather, not necessarily quite a springtime weekend this uh, this weekend, Matt. But still a good time to go look for houses.
0: Absolutely, Derek. It's a good time to start thinking about spring and thinking about uh, hey, you know maybe a little bit more curb appeal for my home or make it a little bit more attractive if we're going to sell it. And man, I tell you, someone who can help you if you're trying to buy or sell a home in DeSoto County is our 2023 presenting sponsor. Of course, I'm speaking about Mr. Brian Couch with Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 68 years of combined real estate experience. They've been the number one team in residential real estate for over 14 years. They have thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying and selling side of residential real estate. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team, and they are currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. Simply call them, give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood. They can tell you what houses on your street have sold, how long they've stayed in escrow, how fast they've closed, all those different analytics that you want from a realtor in 2023. Brian and Terry and their team with Team Couch possess all the analytics you want. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at their award-winning website, teamcouch.com. You can look throughout the Mid-South, different zip codes, different school zones. Brian and Terry's website is state-of-the-art to help you find the home of your dreams. Look them up today at teamcouch.com. Again, give them a call, 662-449-1700. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for continuing to support the UTW Podcast. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. Glad to be recording another episode of the UTW podcast at the mobile cars and van rental studios, mobile cars and vans located in the old burger shop at the corner of McCracken and Commerce right here in Hernando. Cars, trucks, vans. If you have issues with body shops or if you're turning your car into a dealership for uh, some warranty work. Uh, Derek, you and I know a nice lady who has one of my cars and uh, she went to, uh, work, you know, for some warranty work and they said, oh, well, we can look at it in about 10 days. That's the kind of stuff that's going on right now. Supply chain issues, mechanic shops, body shops having to take a little bit longer than normal. And uh, we're, we're here to help you with that when it comes to any of those different uh, needs. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. If you're traveling for spring break, if you've started to travel. We have begun to book up for summer when it comes to churches. We had 10 churches call us last week, getting ready for summer, getting those plans situated for the month of June especially. Talk to your youth pastor. If your child is involved in a local youth group, now's the time to book vans so they can have affordable, quality travel and not be stuck with a charter bus, uh, You know, maybe on an inflated uh, budget <laughs> for sure. 662-469-4555, mobile cars and vans. As I mentioned, Derek, the first part of our shows are going to be since our last show. Uh, Derek, real quickly, we'll talk about the, uh, we mentioned the balloon, a a uh, Chinese, we, we'll call it that. It is a Chinese spy balloon. Definitely Chinese. That wandered into our, uh, I don't know if it was wandered, if it was driven or whatever, but has, uh, had you know, right around the time where you and I were wrapping up our show, we started to see this balloon that mm-hmm. came from Montana all the way across the country mm-hmm. and uh, it was eventually shot down in South Carolina. Right off the coast. Right off the coast, which is what you want to do, Derek. What you want to do is you want to shoot a balloon down and then make it really difficult to uh, retrieve everything.
1: Yeah, I guess they, they got slightly lucky. It was only in 40 – I think they said 47,
0: 47 feet of water. 47 foot of water. Yeah, so I guess it could have been 4,700 feet of water. <laughs> it could have been 40 – yeah, or it could have been no feet of water in the middle of nowhere Montana and crashed yeah. crash to the ground.
1: You know, I, I've seen both sides of it. You know, do you let it go – why did you let it go all the way across the continent before you shot it down – you know, was it the property? And but they said, well, we wanted to watch it because. And I, I do tend to agree with this. Whatever they saw from a balloon, they already see from satellites. I mean, but not that clear. Not, not maybe not that clear. But they got the whatever camouflage or the censoring things to keep it from blocked. My thing is, is that why did you have to destroy it at all? I, couldn't you not have well, just put out a hook and pick that thing up, caught it, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I guess so. I mean. We can carry payloads of. I mean, you've seen these. Wait, sizes we can, of these we can fuel planes. Yeah, we can fuel planes, fuel planes from in p- the air. Yeah, with with you know some kind of attachment That's hook. A good question. You can you can you've got these huge right, right. army planes that come that, that are that are transporting tanks and everything. Dude, I've seen
0: B- Batman. Remember, he scooped up yeah. the Chinese guy from. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> What I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm talking about those. You know those sure. big gray ones. You see them landing at sure. Memphis. They carry
1: tanks inside the bellies yeah. of those airplanes. Just grab it. They can gra- It doesn't yeah. matter how much it weighs. It can't weigh too much because again, this is one large balloon. Right. Just grab it. Grab Hook it. it. There you go. And then just pull it somewhere and then land go. safely with it. Then it's all intact. Yes. Plus, you could have got it earlier. That's I like what that I don't there. understand. Yeah.
0: You'll remember me saying this on the UTW podcast. Remember I mentioned something about America. Everybody knows what I'm about to say. We've all had boyfriends and girlfriends. We've had, well, all of us guys have had girlfriends. And you know the guys' girlfriends you can't mess with, mm-hmm. right? Remember I've mentioned this and made this comparison? yeah I remember okay and uh so the USA is we've we've gone from being <laughs> we've gone from being the guy you don't mess with his girlfriend okay China has just said um China's now dancing with our girl they're doing whatever they want to you know they're dancing with her they're texting her they're sending pics to her well I don't know. If they're okay. quite.
1: They're 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 getting very close. It, they're, it, not it, yeah. they're not I'm afraid saying. to. Is what I'm saying. That's correct. that's they're my not point. Not
0: afraid. Right. So America has gone from oh I'm not going to mess with his girlfriend to uh, sending her a <laughs> sending her a bad pick. Well, this is not the, know, this is not the
1: first time they've done it. There's been three or four balloons before this. Didn't transverse the continent, but have gone over. Hawaii airspace and other Pacific Ocean airspaces. But
0: that, hey, really? How convenient, though, to say, "Oh, this happened in the Trump." This yeah. happened during the under Trump. How convenient. But I wonder, somebody knew about it. NSA knew about it.
1: They said, "Okay, well, it's just a balloon off of our coast." Now it was more. They're looking back, said, "Okay, we've had these before, and probably we should have, you know, shot them down over water the first or second time, even though they were, you know, in the Philippines in our area of the Philippines, or if they were around Hawaii, doesn't matter. They should have been dealt with before." And looking back, they said, "Okay, this was them." getting closer and getting closer testing us until okay now we can actually put one over the continent and then here we are
0: i'm a little bit surprised they didn't come out and say oh this is actually uh, part of the the next tom cruise movie that would have been the way to go i have been awesome. That would have been the way to go. And Tom Cruise jumps out of the balloon. Yeah, exactly. So His own look, stunts, by the way. Yeah, he does that, his own stunts. So that's one of the big things that happened since our last show. And as Derek just mentioned, Daddy Daughter Dance, a sweetheart dance this past Sunday. 600 participants were at the GN. Uh, I've joked the last couple of shows that the UTW podcast was going to be a part of it in some way. Derek was the uh, guest DJ for the first couple of hours of the dance, of the sweetheart dance, which was a huge success. Shout out to the Hernando Young Women's Club for a wonderful event, I raised money for the beautification projects with the Hernando Parks, uh, and that's important. And that's great, and that's why they put the event on. But really, Derek, the most important thing for me was that night seeing all the smiles, seeing the uh, you know men clean up mm-hmm. uh, the, the the people who are either uh, biological fathers or father figures for a number of young ladies in uh, not just in Hernando, but there were participants from I think all the way as far away as Germantown uh, who came in three hundred. Daddy daughter couple. Correct. It was it was it was wonderful. A great opportunity for for people to come together, raise money for the parks, but at the same time, you know, have some smiles and say thank you to one another. Like thank you for being my daughter, and thank you for being my father figure, and all that stuff. And we just had a really good time. The kids loved it. From ages three through sixth grade, they were dancing, having a blast. Again, shout out to the Hernando Young Women's Club for a great time uh, last Sunday. I, mean, I really
1: enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed watching them. I mean, I was kind of hidden, which was nice. Yeah. I mean, so, some of the kids kind of figured it out, but uh, I was I was hidden, and it was just nice to watch them and you know play a, a good. Th- I will say this: uh, I was there almost two and a half hours. That is a lot of songs. Uh, a lot of songs that need to be uh, age appropriate. And so, you know, thank thank you, Kids Bop. Thank you, the uh, multi number of uh, CDs that have sure. been put out by Kids Bop. I appreciate y'all taking songs and and uh, making them kid-appropriate because it made uh, my life a lot easier during the dance. But a really wonderful event, beautiful to see. I love to see all the um – the father figures and the the daughters out there, and uh, can't wait for this to become an annual event.
0: Yeah, Derek, just a really good time, a lot of fun up at the Gen, Uh and we're going to talk more shortly about something else else going up at the gym that hopefully raises a lot of money in the next few days. You know, Derek, we got our little uh, you know list of different things to talk about. We could take some time talk about the state of the union. We're going to skip over that. I think you uh, you may know my opinions of the state of the union just from my balloon talk. That may be the way. <laughs> Go back to the balloon talk, figure out what I think about the State of the Union, and we'll move on from there. But, Derek, something that did happen, you and I grew up in the uh, late 70s, 80s, 90s. You and I grew up in the Michael Jordan era. We grew up in the era of the Bulls and the Lakers. And um, a huge thing happened since our last show. Most listeners know what I'm talking about. LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer for the NBA with over thirty-eight thousand points. That's right, and that is tremendous. That's a lot of points, and uh, it's and, a lot
1: of points. It's uh, longevity, uh, playing time. This, you know, the career average uh, per game uh, takes a lot of time to get there. I mean, he's still not forty years old yet. Uh, but, of course, he started playing at 18, unlike Kareem, who started when he was 22. Right. I think he actually played all four years of college. Um, so that's, you know, if Kareem had four more years, I think LeBron would be another three or four years chasing him. Did not. Uh, that's not, you know, the way things were done in the 60s uh, when he came out as Lew Alcindor, uh, then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And just, you know, it, but it is a, a obviously an extraordinary accomplishment. And if you, when In any sport, if you pass the most – X ever most home runs ever most you know passed pass uh, yards passing ever and now the most points scored uh, ever more you know hockey goals scored uh, of course with Gretzky and then now with Kareem Abdul Jabbar getting past LeBron James you know you have the argument who's better um, I think it just be, depends on when you grew up we both were alive to watch both of the players play uh, I got more excited watching Michael Jordan uh, I think maybe because I was that age I was impressionable when I watched him play. Uh, he also never missed games. <laughs> he played basically 80 to 82 games a sure. year, and he just I mean, he did not want his team to lose. Whereas, you know, LeBron has been playing longer because he again started at 18. Jordan started when he was 21, uh, but you know, he does take breaks. This is more the modern athlete. He has—he does the cryo chambers and stuff like that that Jordan didn't have access to. So, I mean, you could debate it back and forth. Uh, I still uh, will always say Michael Jordan, but I cannot—you know—I mean, obviously, if you have the sure. most points scored ever, uh, he does have—you know what four tit- three, or four titles. Right, it's very, very hard to, you know, one A, one B type, you know, conversation what yeah. you're having.
0: He's brought multiple titles to uh you know, he's won multiple titles in Uh, multiple franchises. I mean, he's a tremendous player, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, congratulations to him. I mean, a lot of people that listen to our show are not LeBron James fans. But, again, as you mentioned, if you have the most of something, you can't take that away from somebody. And I think the goal right now, I think he wants to play with his son or try to. Try to. So he's going to stay in the league as long as he can for an opportunity possibly to play with his son who – is not a one and done player. Yeah, he may come out saying. one that's, and that's, done, uh, but he's not a one and done player. He's not good enough. I hope that he is signed
1: for his merit and not for well, that's, you no. know just kind of uh, <laughs> a little, that's uh, a little
0: showmanship. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that that's already passed. His last name is James, and his his, his name is Bronny. So that tells you right there that uh, you know he can be an average player, and he's going to get some opportunities that others won't. And it just is yep. what it is. So uh, anyway, LeBron James, the all-time leading scorer for the NBA, which. Uh, as I just mentioned, Derek and I grew up watching, and, and most of our listeners did grow up in that time where we were watching the Celtics and the Lakers and the Bulls and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, congratulations to him. Well, Derek, you don't get to uh, play in the NBA for 20-plus years without doing some hard work. And speaking of hard work, let's turn our attention to the Hernando Board of Aldermen, who who just had their first Alderman meeting for the month of February 2023. Walk us through it.
1: Yeah, there was, this was the first meeting of February, and we're going to start with just a couple of items on the consent agenda. I mean, we're going to skip everything that the beginning like we always do there's two things i want to mention because they're, they're parts related part of the cassette agenda was the approval of the friends of hernando sports concession agreements for soccer baseball softball and t-ball spring sessions and for the mayor to sign so this is kind of a approval of the friends of hernando sports they kind of you know consolidated everything so that now they have concession stands agreements for the soccer the baseball softball and t-ball for the spring seasons
0: really looking forward to those seasons coming up did read me real quick read me the name of the organization again It's the Friends of Hernando Sports. Okay, so if you have a child that plays in Hernando Parks in any way, shape, or form, any sport, before you go on Facebook and complain about something, go on Facebook, join their Facebook group, and ask them how you can help. Yeah. There
1: you go. Next one, the approval for the Gale Center use free of charge, this is something new, Friends of Hernando Skates fundraiser so let's go for hernando skates, skates is yeah. the skate park so they're having a fundraiser at the gale center so that's just a couple of things One, I want to let people know that to be looking for that fundraiser coming up
0: that's it so the, those kids are going to be able to skate around the gale center that's going to be a tough it's a tough uh that's a that's a tight circle <laughs> hey you better be ready look, let me tell you something
1: if they make it all skate if they if you could bring in your roller skates your uh your roller i blades, thought that's what I, it would be right uh, no.
0: i don't know i, I thought it was a skate park i'm not even sure so, as you said, the Gale Center, they've got to use yep. the Gale Center yep. for a skating fundraiser. That's skating. Yep. That's what I'm hoping. So, I'm we're hoping hanging disco balls. I'm, that's what I'm hoping. Wow. I'm hoping for an all skate. <laughs> um, anyway, so. That's what, a, I'm, but I'm saying the Gale Center's not very big. It's <laughs> not that's very big. That's a quick turnaround right there. Yeah.
1: Um, so again, look for that fundraiser coming up. Now getting to the meat of the uh, of the meeting. Uh, the first thing they did was something really nice uh, was they did a proclamation honoring Gene Norwood. Uh, Gene Norwood, of course, is someone who passed away. Uh, oh my God, it's over two years now. Uh, but they did a thing where they just kind of read his history. He was a former alderman for the city of Hernando uh, from July 1st of 85 until June 30th of 93, and just kind of you know just a, a proclamation of some of the nice things he did. So just want to say. You know, I guess congratulations to uh, the family of Mr. Norwood, uh, Miss Janie Norwood, of course, uh, their son, Jeff, who's in town, and Greg as his brother. And just say, uh, you know, congratulations to them. It's something that probably should have been done a long time ago uh, when Mr. Norwood was still alive, but just uh, still a nice thing that the, the city decided to do. Uh, the next thing was is that seven part-time EMS drivers were requested by the fire chief. To add to the three part-time positions he already had. Now, part-time is listed to 72 hours per month, which only lets them uh, use them about three times per month because they're usually like a 24-hour shift. This new part-time help would not require mandatory overtime on the personnel and will also save on the fire chief's payroll budget and on the city's PERS contribution. He is not requesting any extra funds for the extra slots. And, of course, <laughs> the fact that they heard there was no new money, we have seven more part-time drivers. It's not going to affect our purge or anything else. Absolutely, we need those. And so now we have new seven new part-time EMS drivers were approved.
0: Right. They get certified to drive the fire trucks, and that's what they do. And the ambulances. And the ambulances, exactly. That's their job, period.
1: That's it. Uh, the next was the advertise for a public hearing for the redistricting to be held on March 21st of 2023. Uh, the redistricting public hearing for the redistricting now this is something that we talked about before uh the the plan has been mapped out there has been an agreement between the aldermen uh, about what the redistricting is to look like however it has not been formally adapted yet the board has the plan approved it has been reviewed by the guy who drew it out so the company that drew out the redistricting they've gone back and said yes this is exactly this is the plan that you picked and now they have to take it for public comment Uh, before they can actually adopt it. And so this is the public comment for what the new city wards would look like will be held on March 21st, 2023 at that meeting. So, again, if if you're interested, if you want to have your opinion known, please show up that night. That will be the public comment for the redistricting.
0: And this affects the aldermen. That's because right. they get their new districts. That's right. For when would that go into effect? The, the next it'll next be election cycle. Next election cycle will exactly. be be next next spring. Yeah.
1: Right. So the next thing on the agenda was the fire chief wanted to use a statute to add an emergency ambulance that is not in the budget. This ambulance is not really adding an ambulance, but it's replacing one that keeps it's basically in the shop sure. constantly. They have been borrowing ambulances for Horn Lake and from the county. Um, because they are averaging 200 calls per month total, hmm. often exceeding 250 calls per month. Wow. Now, in order to bid an ambulance, to bid it out, to try to buy one, it would take 18 to 24 months to try to get on the list, try to get the specs back, and then to be able to, again, to then bid it out to get the lowest and best price. And the city needs it now. And so by a state statute, they're allowed to go ahead and say, hey, look, because of emergency, we have to have one. If there is an ambulance available, which there is, we can go ahead and buy that without having to bid it out, without having to wait. And so they were able to, you know, it's, and again, this was not in the budget, right so this is something that was directly needed, and it was re- approved without much discussion. So now we will be getting a new 2023 ambulance at the cost of 214,875 dollars. That will now be the city of Hernandez. Was it a unanimous vote? It was unanimous vote. Really?
0: It was unanimous vote. I'll, I'm going to say I'm surprised.
1: Well, I mean, I think <laughs> if, if you're I'm only surprised. running one and a half ambulances and having to borrow from the county and from Horn Lake.
0: You just have to. I mean, you have to do it. I, did we cut down the animal shelter to pay for the ambulance? <laughs> we did not. Because that, that may have been right brought term. up. Well, it, Less it was Less parking not. spaces. Maybe probably it was right. not on the, on the public <laughs> comments.
1: Next was a committee to discuss the fire code. The city is currently operating under the 2012 fire code that needs to be updated. This, of course, affects everybody looking to build a house, rehab a building, to build a building. I think it's over 5,000 square feet. You, you have to sprinkle it. Right, sure. All these kind of codes that are currently in place, are, it's over a decade old, and they a committee was, wanted to be formed. The mayor asked for a committee to yes. be formed uh, to talk about this. Uh, the committee would be run by Austin. Okay. Uh, who was the planning, the, uh, the planning commissioner. It would be a public meeting every time they meet. Correct. And it would be made up of three aldermen, Austin, and then the three aldermen would look to uh, place more people on the board, probably a couple builders, probably a couple maybe insurance agents that have to do with fire codes, uh, you know, or, or, you know, fire, the fire policies that you have on your house. It, they're going to kind of reach out to the community and find those people. The whole purpose of this is putting it together, updating the policy, and hopefully, and Austin said this, make it easier when people apply for permits. There's Bingo. a you can see it clear and, and precise what you have to do to get this your building or your house or whatever built.
0: You and I both know of of, of somebody over five thousand square foot home. Yep, that had to be sprinkled. Had to be sprinkled. Had to be sprinkled. And and I know multiple people in the last two years. I know people that did not do business in Hernando because of that reason. Yeah. I mean, hey, it, it, I mean, again, it's, it, yes. it,
1: there are some, and we're not going to call them draconian because they're not that old, but it's just the very tough laws uh, in the city of Hernando, building codes that are in place, and if this can help ease some of that, that's what they're going to look to do.
0: And, and I have heard the fire department is, uh, when it comes to coding and when it comes to code enforcement with the fire department, things have gotten a lot easier. That's good. I'll, uh, and, I'll leave that there.
1: That's good. Um, now, the, the three aldermen that will be on it are uh, Alderwoman Ross. Alderman Robertson and Alderman Wicker were the ones that were appointed from the board. And again, they will then choose others to join the committee. The next on the agenda was the irrigation meters as a cost to the city. Now, this is something that some of y'all may already take advantage of this. And if you already have a separate meter on your house, congratulations, because the price is about to go up. The city over the last several years has allowed citizens to put in a separate meter for irrigation so that those households are not charged to fees when watering their yard or filling up their swimming pool. They offer it to the households at cost. The problem is the cost of the meters and installations have gone up from $450 to now $870 to install. The city is losing... About $420 every time a new residential meter is set. The city does about 50 residential meters a year. Now, the commercial, people ask, what about commercial? Well, commercial is always paid by the builder developer. The city does not do separate commercial meters. Now, the big spike... Uh, and price has come in the last 12 months. So this is not something that the city has been losing money. You know, so right. basically it's 20000 a yeah, year. They, they found it. And they found things. it within the last 12 months. A motion was made to make the cost at $875. So just in case, you know, taxes or whatever, and also to allow for slightly higher increase if things go up a little bit. And then to look at this now every 12 months. So now, unfortunately, last week, if you wanted to add a meter, it was 450. This week, it will now be 870. If you want to add that uh, that second meter, but you know, if if you're watering your yard, if you're putting in a pool, I promise you, over 18 24 months, you will get that money back and the savings that you don't have to pay to Crewa, uh, but for that because the Crewa basically is a match of the water that you use. So that was passed and approved unanimously.
0: All right. So the, the, none of the aldermen asked to save money to recoup that money by not sprinkling the animal shelter.
1: That was not not okay. for. no okay I didn't know no I didn't know
0: if maybe they just said no, you know let the let the animals burn <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know, we're, it's all about saving money man <laughs> that's true, but if it's over five thousand
1: square feet, they do have to play by their own rules. it would have to be sprinkled the Macaville sidewalk project uh the the city has to officially approve the construction and engineering and inspection contract so it can move forward now this is the project going from uh walgreens up to the high school Correct. on the yes. west side of the road that's on the west right. side of Maconville. they already approved the project they already getting the eighty twenty match for that project and so now they have to uh, approve the construction engineering and inspection contract with joe frank Lauderdale. that was done and it can now move
0: forward right and don't forget the ymca now owns the caicos building that's true that is right the ymca owns that building so they'll they'll benefit from those sidewalks and everything there
1: well, I mean, it just makes it a little easier for those kids, especially ones of in course. the apartment, to walk because yeah. it's not far, but it is dangerous if you if you're going to walk cut through the grass, walking up that hill, down the hill, that sort of thing. Yeah. So,
0: right, and you don't. You, I mean, God forbid the kids cross the street and yes. go to the uh, to the other oh, sidewalk. Park. Well, we then God forbid. Have, let's let's, let's put them on a cross new sidewalk yeah. and then cross again. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's let's build a new sidewalk so we can uh, admire the other sidewalk that's already there. Us runners, run. us runners appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just saying. us runners appreciate it. Why would you ever be on that sidewalk? Not You're, with the linear park, you don't have to be. That's one, but that, if you that do run,
1: if you do go down and run downtown and come back, it does make it easier because no. you used to have to go across. No, just, go no, just go to linear just park. Just go to linear, it's,
0: a, a sidewalk that's already there, ready for you to use. Hey. No chain link fences on the on linear park, by the way. No? Thank uh, you to looks, the cur- Yeah, good. courtesy of the UTW <laughs> podcast. You're welcome for that. <laughs> All right, the next thing on the the agenda, there was a
1: purchase of the lift station equipment from Montclair. Now, this is the lift station that sits at the south end of the subdivision. The need is there for a new lift station based on the number of customers added to the lift station, as well as Weatherby, about to add lots in another phase. Now, the lift station is currently not big enough. There are 740 homes and a school currently going to that lift station. The lowest price that came in at $98,698 just for the parts and will take six to eight months to get those parts in. Then the city would have to have it installed once it came in. This is not using Marcha ARPA funds. So the, you know, They have had several projects they put out there. I think there were six projects they submitted to have ARPA matching funds. This was not one of the six. The motion was approved because we don't really have any choice. It's basically at 100% capacity before any other houses are put on, and it's going to take us Eight, six to eight months to get it, another probably a couple months to have it installed. So you could be looking not this not being ready until the 1st of 2024.
0: So got to go ahead and get it ordered. They approved it unanimously. Absolutely. Hey, the lift station there, it's not a bad name for like a meathead, gym. A lift station. A lift station? Like that? That's not a bad one. That is kind of cool. A lift yeah. station. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I you know, like no cardio, no nothing. Let's go. Just, lift station. Just straight by bi- just straight power lifting. That's
1: it. Powerlifting. Straight powerlifting. Um the next one is the East Parkway water plants improvement. This one is one of the projects asking for Marcha ARPA funds. The request is to advertise for the bids for this water plant improvement on East Parkway uh, right there. You, everybody knows what that is. It's the, the water tower right when you run from Commerce if you're going around to the elementary school. The city has requested 483000 from ARPA, which should be in the budget for the project. This plant is currently running at 85 to 90% and ran at 100% last summer, when We had those five or six weeks of dry weather, and the motion was approved again. This is only to advertise it, but they do expect it to come in less than the $483,000 that they've requested from ARPA. The next one is the Vaden Road paving. This is to do repairs to the industrial drive has been done before the paving could start. So right now, they've been waiting on the repairs to be done. The repairs are now finalizing. The overlays on Vaden and the industrial road was budgeted for 640000 and the lowest bid came in at 613778 by Double T Construction out of Mount Pleasant, Mississippi, which, of course, is close to Holly Springs. This looks to be one of the first projects done once the asphalt plants reopen here in the next month or so. And this is one of the main east-west corridors now for the city. So basically sure. you're taking right past the right mobile at, cars yep. and van rentals. You go up here, you take a right uh, on Vaden, and it's going to take you, wrap you around basically all the way to the track, uh, the track uh, over there uh, – to the school board and then back over to
0: commerce at 51 so people and use it is that, a mess
1: it's about to get six hundred and thirteen thousand well, dollars worth of work
0: done i'm it. excited I uh, yeah because i'm on that by. road all the time coming down here past mobile cars and vans and the armory where our vans are yep it, yeah it's Money well spent. And so, yeah, so this is,
1: again, you say you use it. It's an east-west corridor. People are trying to stay off commerce, use this now. And then once it is completed and paved, it will be striped. They are going to make sure to stripe it so there's no kind of confusion. Put a middle line, two sidelines uh, once that's done. Uh, the next thing is the pedestrian and bicycle improvements on Mount Pleasant Road. Now, this is a project that the Alderman approved before to apply for a grant uh, was the this? It was called the City of Hernando Bike Line Improvement Project application, which was selected for the fiscal uh, fiscal year 2022-2023 Transportation Alternative Grant. It, so that remember we applied for it. We were actually awarded that grant for 176 thousand dollars.
0: It did come through. It did come through.
1: Yes. The federal grant was awarded in coordination with the Memphis MPO and the Mississippi Department of Transportation. The project will provide funding for the city to install new bike lanes on Mount Pleasant Road, linking the existing bike lanes to Commerce Street, and will also connect the Mount Pleasant Corridor with the McInvale Multi-Use Trail using the existing bike lanes on Riley Street. If you know what we're talking about, so from Commerce, Papa John's, uh, up to Robertson Road that's right so the the Kroger entrance that side entrance that will now have bike lanes on both sides it'll be nicely done probably a little improvements with the striping it will also be done if you run or bike you know that when you get to Riley Street and go over the hill going to the Methodist Church the bike lanes end for some reason and then pick back up on the other side of the hill and so it'll actually put lanes over that hill now to make that safer so cars don't have to dodge coming over that hill and then of course if you go down Riley Street there'll be striped to take you to the pedestrian bridge and then a Mackinville Road to get on the linear part there. So a connector for all parts for $176,000, a huge grant received for the city of uh, Hernando. And uh, again, as somebody that uses those, really looking forward to getting those put in.
0: And as somebody who doesn't use those, I could care less. You could care less. So right now, I could care less. I need to get back out there and do more stuff. Is that a Gia Matheny project? Did she probably write that grant? Yeah, yeah she likely? wrote the grant that was a
1: part to the ottoman to approve, to submit for, and it was done.
0: Quick question. Do these bike lanes, does this grant help not blocking off for 5Ks? Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Um, well, it, it seems run, like every the runners Saturday. Would use them, but man. no, they'll, they'll still be blocked. Every Saturday, blocked I have somewhere to be or go or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go. 5K. 5K. 5K.
1: 5K 10K. Right, it's about to be 5K weather coming up. Oh, man. It's almost 5K season starting into March. Yeah, it's pay, coming up. Pay
0: attention to the 5K cycle in Hernando because if you need to go run, get something at Kroger from where we no. live, you're screwed. No. You're done. It's a no. two hour block off, <laughs> and they're waiting for the ladies that are wearing the tutus. That are walking, an, you know, an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes to 5K. Oh, man. But we appreciate them coming out and supporting those 5Ks. That's wonderful. Hey, hey, look, Shout out to them Hey, because they're the last ones every time. They're the last they're ones them. every
1: time. They're, they're paying their money. They're getting
0: their T-shirt, and they're walking. Shouldn't they allow, like, if if, if you see the women quarter mile down the road, shouldn't they let you going around, like, hey, let's open this up? Like, you're going past, going just, through. Just stay in the bike line. Stay in the bike lane. Yeah, anyway. Well, Derek, we could, of course, shout out to all those wonderful 5Ks raising money and everything. And shout out to, again, Ms. G. Matheny for what she does for the city and uh, getting that grant, which I know will be money well spent. Well, Derek, speaking of money being well spent, something big coming out of Jackson. We talk about covering some different things that might affect DeSoto County residents, certainly affect DeSoto County schools. Is a a possible bill that the teacher's assistants in DeSoto County would be excited about? Tell us about it.
1: Now, we don't usually cover a lot of bills that haven't met gone through both the senate and the house however we wanted to uh, cast a light on this one because of what it means for our county and also because of the the passage of it by the uh, house of representatives so the teacher's assistants could receive a three thousand raise next school year under the amended bill that passed the house of representatives last week teacher's assistants in mississippi currently have a minimum salary of seventeen thousand dollars so this is a a a Job where you're in the classrooms pretty much all day long and you're making $17,000 a year. The full-time employees can receive a local supplement from their district to bolster their salaries, but the Mississippi Department of Education does not track the size of these supplements for teacher's assistance. Now, Representative Richard Bennett, who is a Republican from Long Beach, chair of the House uh, Education Committee, introduced the raise as an amendment to his bill that prohibits districts from decreasing their local supplements when the state Provides a raise, Bennett said. This happened last year hmm. after the legislatures gave a two thousand dollar raise to teachers' assistance as part of the teacher pay raise. So,
0: so they gave it. Says, so hey, this two grants coming from the state. We're going to give you less from us from the county, like wow. whatever
1: county paid them wow. less. So they were at fifteen. They went to seventeen. And then the, the county said, oh, okay, we can save money, and now we're just going to – maybe they were making sure. 20 total. Now you're just going to be making 17 because we're taking yours back because the state gave you two more.
0: Is this the time where we remind listeners or tell podcast listeners to go find that episode where we gave you the uh, salaries That's right. for county uh, administrators, su- administrators yes. across the state of Mississippi? Just remember that. now's the time to go find that episode where we gave you that.
1: All right, so the 2000 – again, so he's a, he's asking for not only counties – or. or I guess even cities, right. could no longer take money back, that they would also give a $3,000 raise. When Bennett introduced the amendment on the House floor, he was met with a pause from the chamber. The amended bill passed 114 to 3. Now, the Senate has a similar measure it is looking at, and hopefully this can get approved and passed as this bill you know, in, in conference, once it goes to conference, if it goes to conference.
0: But we don't know the three that voted against now, it, right? Now, the
1: three that voted no should be, first of all, ashamed of themselves and voted out. I could not find out who those three were. They did not have a link or any way to go on there. I guess I could go pull house records, which I don't feel like doing, to We be might honest. announce that later uh, on. Yeah. But, I mean, there's usually a link where you can go in and see the vote. There was not a link where you could do that. But I just need to say this. It better have not been anybody from DeSoto County. Right. And if we find out if it was from DeSoto County, we will let you know that uh, on here because there's no reason to vote against that uh, a pay raise for, again, full-time assistance making $17,000 a year. Uh, And any county that reduces their part to assistance because the state increased theirs should also be ashamed. Again, that is just my opinion, but this bill needs to pass.
0: Thanks, Derek. As we've mentioned before, we're going to kind of let you know about different bills happening in the state of Mississippi down in Jackson. Remember, they they meet basically the first ninety days or so of the year down in Jackson, the Golden Dome down there, and uh, that's what they do: new bills, new legislature, and uh, we're going to keep you up to speed on different things like that. If you listen to our show in the past, you know Derek and I like to let people know how. The things going on in Jackson affect us here in DeSoto County, especially right here under the water tower. So look for those to continue throughout the month of February and March. And Derek, speaking of things continuing, now's an opportunity to speak about the continued wonderful treatment of their patients at the official dentist of the UTW podcast, DeSoto Family Dental Care. So Matt. How do my teeth look? I noticed something different about you, Derek. Yeah. Smile is looking uh, pristine. I mean, it, it's
1: absolutely. Th- again,
0: this you is. You need to smile more. This by is the way. six
1: days later. Six, six days, days later. later. Yeah. So I uh, went to DeSoto Family Dental Care last Friday, uh, sat down with uh, Dr. Paroli.
0: Did he mention your vaping, though?
1: Did, did, he, not- did he ask about <laughs> no, that? I did not vape. I'm glad you brought that up. That uh, Not only was it my time to do my exam, I mean, my uh, x rays, so right. I did my x rays. Uh, which is, of course, you do it every year. Jana, who's my, uh, who's the dental assistant that uh, I always see, she does a wonderful job. We had a great conversation. She's I mean, she's hilarious. But she did uh, the x-rays of my teeth, and then they actually check you. They do uh, cancer screening of your mouth. Oh, wow. So I do not vape, yeah. uh, but if you did vape or if you shoot tobacco or anything like that, they would be able to spot if anything's going on in your mouth that you need to go see somebody else about. So I thought that was wonderful. Sure, uh, That's something else that they provide. So again, cannot recommend them enough. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower. With over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x rays, and autoclave sterilization. Their office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable and relaxing atmosphere for their patients visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239 again 662-429-5239
0: just a wonderful business Derek they've been around for so so long and uh, just do a wonderful job continue to uh, add new things to their business Ways to take care of patients, and as you mentioned, that cancer screening is uh you know really really neat. That's a great thing that they do because when it's all said and done, they want their patients to uh, be successful and tell everybody uh, about the Desoto Family Dental Care. Moving on, Derek, to our monthly segment now, the Desoto County Fact of the Month, brought to us each and every month by the Desoto County Museum, located on Commerce Street. Rob Long and his staff would love to show you all around the Desoto County Museum. Open nine to five Tuesday through Saturday right here in Hernando. That's nine to five Tuesday through Saturday. Get by the DeSoto County Museum soon to see all the exhibits, all the uh, different memorabilia from this wonderful city we call home, Hernando, Mississippi. Well, Derek, tell us all about this month's fact of the month. Well, Matt, last week
1: we had a, a pretty decent ice storm. Uh, the kids got to miss four days of school. Four days. Four days of school for an ice storm. Uh, and so Rob Wong kind of reached back and sent us this fact based on that ice storm from last week. Well, again, it was bad for some. There were some trees down. I mean, I know Mount Pleasant was shut down pretty much all day one day. Uh, Again, kids were out of school. Some people didn't have power for three or four days. So what we had last week was not close to what happened almost 29 years ago to the week. On February 11th, 1994, one of the most notorious winter weather events in the Mid-South history occurred. Ice Storm 1994. 94. Ask anyone who lived here at the time, and you can bet they have a story for you. Here's what happened. It had been a very warm with the above average temperatures several days leading up to the event. On Wednesday, February 9th, that is today that we're actually recording this, so 29 years ago today, the temperature was 70 degrees at midnight. Then a potent Arctic front moved through the area and dropped the temperatures into the 30s by late morning and then into the 20s that evening. That cold air arrived just as a surge of warm, moist air from the Gulf of Mexico stretched from northeastern Texas through central Arkansas, west Tennessee, and into central Kentucky. That swath of moisture brought more than two inches, again, two inches of ice, as compared to half an inch that we had last week of freezing rain, ice, sleet into the Memphis and Mid-South area. The precipitation began as rain early Wednesday morning. By midday, it was transitioning to freezing rain, but the ground and other surfaces were still warm from the temperatures earlier in the week. But the freezing rain continued into the afternoon, evening, and overnight, ending shortly after midnight. Again, by that time, there was one to two-inch coating of ice on everything in Memphis, and DeSoto County, and all other parts of the Mid-South. By the wee morning hours of the following day, tree branches began to snap, giving away the tremendous weight of the ice that coated them. Huge limbs, even whole trees, began to fall all across the Mid-South and brought down power lines as they fell. The power lines that didn't give way to trees and limbs fell due to the weight of the ice that they had accumulated on themselves. That left more than half, again, Matt, more than half of Energy's customers in DeSoto County without power, Many of those customers remained without power for more than two weeks. Streets, bridges, and overpasses were covered with ice, which made driving treacherous for anyone who tried to venture out. That included first responders and electrical crews who were frantically working to restore power, but in a lot of cases could not get there. Now, my wife was a senior at Hernando, and she said she didn't have power for those two weeks, and remember living by a gas fireplace was the only thing they could have at their house in Bridgetown. I can imagine what those two weeks would have been like But for those of you who lost power last week and felt like you were pushed back into the 1880s, it was a lot worse in 1994.
0: We've come a long way when it comes to, um, you know, responding to ICE, responding to those type things. I mean, I think whether it be federal and state funds and I think contracting work and, you know, bringing uh, crews from other states or 100 miles away that uh, can help to, you know, I mean, something else, Derek, is um, 1994, there wasn't social media. No. Okay. There wasn't social media in 1994. Your um, griping online was not—they uh, could care less. They didn't know what it was.
1: No, I mean, like you, now you, you yeah. was,
0: it was—it was candlelight in a book. Yeah. So thirty years <laughs> later, maybe that's one thing that social media is good for—is uh, you know some of the griping probably speeds these uh, companies up a bit. Well, I mean, it, you it, know, you can it's alert people no. where
1: you are right. and the, the issues that are had. Also, you did not have the constant alert saying, "Hey, rain will be here in an right, hour. Sure. Ice is coming." You know, you did, you didn't you couldn't look at your car and say. A lot of times they say, "Okay, now it's you know thirty-one degrees." you know beware of ice like all those you have all those constant warnings now where that was not available in 1994.
0: Yeah, definitely come a long way, Derek, but something that has not changed is the wonderful DeSoto County Museum, Commerce Street in Hernando, just an asset that uh, we don't talk enough about. And uh, please get by and see Rob Long and his staff with the DeSoto County Museum across the street from Cadence Bank in Hernando. Well, Derek, let's turn our attention to the wonderful things going on right here. We joked uh, earlier that we were going to talk more about balloons and more about fundraisers at the gin. But before we do that, let's remind all the guys, especially out there, about the chocolate tour right here in Hernando this weekend.
1: That's right, Matt. Uh, The Hernando Chocolate Tour will take place Saturday, which if you're listening to this, it'll be tomorrow, February 11th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Now, This is a chocolate tour all around the city where there'll be retail shops that are open, of course, for their regular uh, business on Saturday, usually 10 to 5, but we'll also have chocolate treats to encourage you not only to come out, but to shop at their stores to purchase. Again, guys, this is the last Saturday before Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is Tuesday. This is the last time we can warn you. Again, Valentine's Day is Tuesday. No matter how you feel about it, you want to have something set aside. Don't be the guy at 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning running to Kroger to grab that last flower on the shelf to bring home before your wife wakes up. Please, please, please pay attention. This Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., you can go to shop at Von Bond Gift Shop, Cynthia's Boutique, Commerce Street Market, Hernando Flower Shop, J Boutique, LG Trend Boutique, Sad Alley Gifts, Sosa and Saint, SoCo Hernando, The Pink Zinnia, The Bunker Boutique, The Square Cupboard, and be sure to also visit the bakeries, restaurants, and any kind of gourmet grab and goes stores around town. They will be celebrating with some type of chocolate. So if you're into it, you can get at least 12 stores that will have some type of chocolate for you to sample on as you're doing your shopping. So just a great thing that they're doing. Saturday is going to be cold, but it is going to be, uh, should be pretty. I think 48's the high, but it's supposed to be sunny. Great day to get out. To feel like you're shopping, maybe like a little mix of Christmas and Valentine's Day, go out and get those gifts here. Keep it local. Shop local at the Hernando Chocolate Tour.
0: This coming weekend, a wonderful thing. Uh, get out and support the local vendors right here under the water tower. Next thing, Derek, as I mentioned, another fundraiser happening at the gin in Nesbitt, which again such a such a very nice uh, place and very a uh, very nice venue they've done a wonderful job there they seem to be stay open I'm see that they seem to stay booked uh, you know really year-round I know uh, we have to contact her a year in advance to uh, make sure and book our thing for what I'm about to talk about the 11th annual crew of Fernando Mardi Gras ball coming up next Saturday February 18th you know look Derek again I think I don't think we're advertising for tickets anymore because it, we're pushing a hard sellout so let's just call it what it is it's a shout out to the crew of Fernando job well done keep up the good work and uh, look, there's multiple ways that you can still support. We do have some sponsorship opportunities still. If you want to jump in, entirely up to you. You've missed a number of different advertising opportunities, yep. but. We will gladly accept your money when it comes to for tickets or whatever uh, because this is a fundraiser, and it's a way for us to raise money for uh, different things all across the city of Fernando. So next Saturday night, look for all the different things on Instagram, all the pics, uh, and just to continue support for the crew of Fernando as we raise money, again, for libraries and teachers and uh, so many different things all across the city. And then, Derek, after that, as we look uh, forward over the next three or four weeks, shout-outs in the future for the city of Fernando. Uh, one that's special to you because you serve on the DeSoto Arts Council board of directors tell us all about that coming up march 2nd
1: all right march 2nd we're having another three blind wines this is thursday march 2nd from 7 to 9 p.m now we had the last one in september Uh, but decided to move this as an annual event to March. September, we're running into a lot with uh, issues of uh, kids playing ball. We're running into, you know, football season has started, so there's some people do, like, Thursday night suppers before the games. Other things, just so busy in the fall, we decided to move it to March. And so the next one will be Thursday, March 2nd from 7 to 9 p.m. Now, tickets are... Forty dollars a team for members, forty-five dollars a team for non-members, plus the purchase of three bottles of wine. This is how it works, briefly. So you would buy you, you and your team. You pay your 40 dollars. It's you know, it could be a team of two. It could be a husband and wife. It could be boyfriend girlfriend. It could be any kind of other couple. It could be anything like that. that two team members can call. two people, two people,
0: two podcast
1: hosts. There we go. Two podcast hosts. Uh, you buy three bottles of wine. One bot, two bottles will be
0: sampled. Speaking of that, Derek, have you noticed there's a lot of podcasts
1: around Hernandez? There are a lot of podcasts.
0: There are. There. I mean, the podcast community of Fernando is growing. Hey, it's tremendous. That's okay. I'm, I, invest in podcast. <laughs> do, do your in, thing.
1: In, invest in podcast. Uh, so again, you buy three bottles of wine. Two bottles will be sampled, and one bottle is put into a kitty or a, a, to a a box. The whoever. Um, you know, whatever wine is chosen that night as the best tasting wine. So they're all covered up, they're blind, they're all wrapped, you can't see what you're drinking. You just put it, you, you'll get a little token and then, or a little cork and whatever uh, you think is the best wine, you drop your cork in there. The wine that has the most number of corks will be deemed the winner. It'll be revealed what that wine is. It could be a $10 bottle of wine or a $100 bottle of wine. But whatever that bottle happens to be, whoever brought that wine gets to go home with one bottle of everybody else's wine. So again, two go in to taste, One goes in for the winner, and so you can walk out of there. Uh, We're limiting it to 25 teams. We can only take 25 teams due to the size uh, of the Arts Council to make sure everybody has enough room. There will be food. Uh, There will be charcuterie plates, fruit, all that kind of stuff going on uh, that night. There will be like little uh, desserts also. So, again, a great night for just $40 plus the bottles of wine. Um, What you do is you contact, go to the uh, DeSoto Arts Council website. You can buy your ticket online there. It will tell you the uh, wine stores that are participating. You just basically call the wine store, tell them the bottles that you want. You set those aside. You pay for them, and then the Arts Council director will go pick them up for the event. She'll wrap them. She'll do all that. So, very easy to do. So, please contact the Arts Council, go online, find those tickets. And again, Thursday, March 2nd from 7 to 9 p.m.
0: I think a very wise choice, Terry, moving it out of the busy time. People are just so busy. <laughs> My gosh, in and, and the kickoff of August and, and uh, school and football games and all that kind of stuff. So, good job by then. Thursday, March 2nd. I like it being on Thursday night. It makes sense. Thursday, March 2nd should be a good thing. Uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to participate in that in some way. I'm gonna figure that out. Love to have who you. my partners are? We'll, uh, who, I'll figure partner, out. Who my partner, one partner. One, I know, but I'm talking about who. Yeah, okay, yeah. You're right. One partner. So maybe that's me and you. Maybe as podcast hosts, that's what we do. Because again, there are just there's so many podcasts out in Hernando. It's tremendous. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, when you everywhere you look you see another podcast host. It's like Oprah's It's gifts. everywhere. You get a podcast and you get a podcast. You get a podcast and you get a podcast, you know, because it's so easy to do. But uh, <laughs> you can hear the uh, sarcasm in my voice. I'm having a good time. That's what we do here on the UTW Podcast. And something else we always do is uh, talk briefly about what's happening when it comes to sports, both uh, well, kind of nationally over the last few weeks we've talked about national sports. Obviously I'm talking about football, and it is the uh, Super Bowl weekend. So uh, if you've been under a rock, you uh, don't necessarily know what what's going on Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs this coming weekend. Super Bowl number 57? I think it's 57. That sounds right. Yeah, 50, whatever I, the Roman numerals I are. I have not even paid whatever the Roman numerals. Were, I think it's 57. 57. I'm, I'm almost positive, okay. 57. So coming up, we're going to make our picks. But, Derek, uh, speaking of some local flavor to the Super Bowl, tell us about the Mississippi players uh, that are playing.
1: Yeah, uh, Matt, what some of our listeners might not have known is this. Mississippi will have more natives playing in the 2023 Super Bowl than any other state. My well, Paul's there for dramatic effect. Absolutely. And as you may notice, there's no mention of per capita there. The Manolio State will have more players in the game than any other state, period. Eight native-born Mississippians dot the rosters of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, who will play February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. Texas, Georgia, and Ohio all tie for second in the representation in this year's Super Bowl with seven players each. The figures were provided by betmississippi.com, citing profootballreference.com. What you should know about all this is this. Texas has a population of just under 30 million. Georgia and Ohio have populations of more than 11 million. Mississippi's population is 3 million. Florida, with a population of more than 22 million, has six players in the Super Bowl. The nation's most populous state, California, who has over 40 million, is next with five. Mississippians who play for the Philadelphia Eagles include all-pro defensive tackle Fletcher Cox and running back Kenneth Gainwell, both of Yazoo City, quarterback Garner Minshew of Brandon, wide receiver A.J. Brown of Startville, and linebacker Nakobe Dean of Horn Lake. Mississippians who play for Kansas City include all-pro defensive tackle Chris Jones of Houston, Willie Gay of Startville, and linebacker Darius Harris of Horn Lake. Amazingly, the towns of Horn Lake population 28,000, Yazoo City 10,000, and Starkville 24,500 all boast two players each on football's biggest stage. In addition to the Eagles Cameron Tom, Quez Watkins, and Darius Slay, those three played college football. They weren't from Mississippi, but they actually played football in the state of Mississippi. What an absolutely great showing by our state. So again, all the Mississippians living out there or listening out there, this is fantastic. I mean, eight players. Sure. Not any, we have three million people. Eight players in the game, so fantastic. You know, just for our state and for the athletes that we know come from the state every year. So, my next question to you is this: Who you got in the game?
0: I'm taking the Eagles, Derek. I like A.J. Brown. I've liked A.J. Brown since he uh, chose Ole Miss over state, uh, you know, living in, or being from Starkville. So I'm going to take uh, A.J. Brown and the uh, Eagles to win. Uh, I think they're the better team. I'm not going to say necessarily – I mean, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey, those guys for the Chiefs. I mean, that's it's your, hard – That's your tight end right there, Kelsey. Oh, oh my Miles gosh. And it's h- well, I mean – Proof's in the pudding. I mean, I love. I played tight end in high school. I love the position. He's just really, really good. But, uh, you know, I'm going to pick the Eagles. I think the Eagles win it. Maybe one of the uh, closer games we've had in a while. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win it,
1: though. I'm going to actually agree with you. Oh, wow. um, okay. I'm going to say this. I'm pulling for Kansas City. Right. I want Kansas City to win only because I love Patrick Mahomes. I love what he brings to the game. I don't really know why. I just – I guess maybe because NFC, I just never really – Care for the Eagles. I mean, not, I mean I, there are other teams I like, dislike a lot worse right. than
0: them. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of the Eagles. No, though. not yeah. a fan of the Eagles. I mean, just, you and I are Saints fans. Just, so basically,
1: they're fans. I mean, it's just the whole yeah. thing's annoying. Right. But I do think they're going to win this game. I, again, chilling hard for the Chiefs. If the Chiefs win, I, I'll be happy to be wrong. Right. But I think the Eagles win by like three.
0: Something like you sure. said, a close game uh, is kind of what I'm seeing too. Heather can't stand Patrick Mahomes. Cannot stand. Because he talks ne- like Kermit ne- the Frog. Never I has understand. liked, well, just never has liked him. Can't stand his, his certainly can't stand his brother yeah, and well, his that, wife. That, yeah, but I'm saying but she just can't stand I'm saying the
1: brother and the wife, but.
0: Well, I'm, you know, he's a phenomenal player. You know, fiance still. So she, he still has a choice. Yeah. I don't think they're married. No. The fact that he's marrying this girl or still engaged to this girl. Whew, if you want to see a loser, go find Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I mean, she's a terrible, she's but a terrible, I terrible just- person. He seems like a, a pretty decent guy. I
1: mean his 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 no, his Some.
0: I mean that's something. Uh, speaking, okay. Wait a minute. Okay. That's there something. you go. I. He's. Thank God he's good at football because the judgment off the field is not good. That's true. Because okay. yeah, his, I, I, his, I will give you his fiance is a nut job and his girlfriend. I mean his son, His brother. You talk about somebody riding the uh, coattails of, of yeah. somebody. It's, yeah. it's. I do it's enjoy. Tremendous.
1: I do enjoy. He does make good uh, choices on the state. Perform commercials though. I enjoy those.
0: Well, Derek, let's turn our attention from national sports to something that's more important to us here right here on the UTW Podcast. We love the local athletes doing their thing. Tell us what's happened since our last show when it comes to local sports for the North Point Trojans, Lewisburg Patriots, and right here the Water Tower team, the Hernando Tigers. All right, Matt, the North Point girls had two district games since the last show, two tough games against
1: Harding and FACS. The Lady Trojans had beaten Harding earlier this year, but the Lady Lions were too much at their gym, winning by 13 over the Lady Trojans to get the series split for this year. On Tuesday, the Lady Trojans played their last regular season game against FACS, a team that had beat them by double digits the first time they played. The Lady Trojans played one of their best games in the last couple of weeks against the top team in the district, but came up just short, losing by five, 54-49, 54-49, just a really exciting game. Uh, I mean, I, of course, I attend all the games, and this one, I think it was actually at 45-45 at one point, so just heartbreaking to lose it, but again, they're the one seed. So the Trojans come out as a fourth seed, which is out of, uh, I think, nine teams. One team decided to forfeit the rest of the season. Um, so they're out of nine uh, out of nine teams in the district. They're heading to the regional playoffs. They will be at home this Saturday against TRA. So TRA is on the other side of the region. Uh, they're still playing Tipton-Rosemark Academy in uh, a home game this Saturday for the basically it's a playing game. If you win you keep advancing. If you lose you're done for the year. Uh, And that will be at 2 p.m. at North Point again against TRA. The North Point boys also played at Harding and FACS and the boys uh, along with another game in the middle uh, against Margolin and hebrew the boys have been coming together lately and played a harding team first that beat them the last time at north point the trojans led 36 to 31 going into the final quarter but could not hold off the lions losing a heartbreaker on a last second shot 58 to 57 the boys then played against Margolin and hebrew the girls team for the jewish school forfeited again the rest of their season which i just mentioned and the boys get an easy 70 to 31 win on Tuesday, they hope to use the Margo Hebrew game to give them momentum going into the game against defending champion and current top seed FACS. The boys play their best game all year and come back from 13 points down at halftime to a win, 58-54, to a huge win on the final night for the boys and gives them a two-game winning streak going into the regional tournament as a five seed. Now, they're a five seed, which means they will have to go on the road Saturday night, to Jackson Christian. Again, a Saturday night, 7 p.m. game at Jackson Christian in Jackson, Tennessee. Again, this is a 4 5 playing game. They have to win in order to advance. If they lose, they are done for the season. Now, moving down to the Lady Patriots. Before the start of their side of the district tournament, the Lady Patriots announced that they took the interim tag off of Coach Kristen Coleman's title and made her the head basketball coach. It has been a tough year for all the Patriots with the loss of their basketball coach before the season started who coached both the girls' and the boys' team. And all Coach Coleman has done is lead the Lady Patriots to a 17-10 and record, only their third winning season in school history, with first-time wins over DeSoto Central and Olive Branch. So we want to say congratulations to Coach Coleman. She has earned the title of head coach. The Lady Patriots were the three-seed heading into the district tournament, playing two-seed to Soto Central. Unfortunately for the Lady Patriots, they were not able to beat DeSoto Central the second time this year and fall 45-30 to to the Lady Jags. They will now play in the consolation game Friday night against Isla Branch, who lost to Center Hill. The winner of that game will be the three seed for the playoffs, and the loser will be done for the year. So we say good luck to the Lady Patriots on making the playoffs. Again, as a reminder, uh, each each district in public school basketball, there's four teams, they play basically a – a tournament among those four teams. The top three make the playoffs, the one seed getting a bye, and the two and three seeds, the two gets a home game, and the three seed has to go on the road, and the four seed is sent home. So this is uh, the case for all of the four teams that we'll be talking about. Next, as with the girls, the, lady, the the Patriot boys also removed the interim title from Coach Zach Jorgensen, making him the head coach of the boys' team. Jorgensen has led the Patriots to an outstanding 20-5 and record, 4-2 in district, and so again, he took over in a, in a terrible situation, became the boys' only coach, and led them to 20-5, so he has now been awarded the head coaching position. Congrats to him on a job well done and a new title well earned. They also faced number 3C DeSoto Central in the first round of the district tournament on Tuesday, but also played a DeSoto Central team who was putting, putting it together and defeated the Patriots 76-60. The Patriots will now face Center Hill in in the consolation game, needing a win to get the third seed in the playoffs. Good luck, and let's make it a Patriots sweep for that final playoff spot Friday night. Now the Hernando girls. The Hernando girls and boys had two games since our last show, the first being a really cool matchup. On Saturday, the Hernando Lady Tigers and the Olive Branch Lady Keisters played in a throwback Black History Month game where Hernando represented the Hernando Central Where Oak Grove Elementary is now, and Olive Branch represented the the East Side Dragons. The girls get one of their best wins all year, winning an exciting game by one point over Olive Branch, 52 to 51, on a great win for their last regular season game. This win took them into their side of the district tournament where they faced off against South Panola in the first round. The Lady Tigers did not fare as well in the in this game and lose to South Panola 71 to 45. They will now play against South Haven in the consolation game Friday night to try to keep their season alive. And anyway, so we say good luck to the Lady Tigers, and then finally, as mentioned, the boys also played in the Black History Month throwback game. But playing the 6A defending state champions was tough for the Tigers on Saturday, and they get the loss in the final regular season game. Their next game was Tuesday in the district tournament, and again, as the four seed, they had an extremely tough matchup against the one seed Horn Lake Eagles. It went about like you would expect with the Tigers losing 77-41. to They will now play South Panola Friday night to try and get the three seed. Good luck to the ladies, Tigers. So that means all the schools that we cover are all fighting to win and advance. Basically, they win and they're in. They keep going. I think even for North Point, if you win this one, you're guaranteed at least two more games. And for the public schools, if you win this one, you're the three-seed guaranteed to be in the playoffs and at least travel to somewhere to play somewhere. So let's try to make it, teams listening, uh, but all four public school teams Friday night, uh, both North Point teams on Saturday, let's, let's go 6-0. Let's all make it and play another week of basketball so I get to cover you for one more week. That's uh, that's my wish for uh, for this Thursday uh,
0: recording. Yeah, we may have a very short show at the end of next week's show <laughs> well, if everybody doesn't <laughs> well, well, we'll
1: cover the losses and sure. then the shows after that, yes, uh, we will gotcha. we'll shorten yeah, dramatically.
0: Yeah. Well, good luck to North Point, Lewisburg, and Hernando. Uh, you know, Derek, that was a mouthful right there, but he had to take a sip of water after yep. that, uh, given the sports. A lot of stuff going on. Good luck to all those young people as they uh, continue to fight, for, you know, when it comes to basketball. I know we're not going to cover this for quite a while as we get a little further into the season, but softball and baseball are real close to Let's kicking off. Start this off. weekend. Start this weekend. Uh, but, uh,
1: talk to these Softball coach, uh, Coach Whitten, uh, talked to her, and she has her first game tomorrow, uh, well tomorrow when you're listening Saturday and she goes, I looked at the weather it's 60s all week and on Saturday it's 42. There you go. (laughs) go.
0: Welcome to February softball and baseball. That's exactly how it typically works. Good luck to Hernando softball. Good luck to Hernando Tigers uh, for sure right here at the Water Tower teams. We appreciate uh, what you guys will be doing and look forward to covering some of that and trying to get out to some of those uh, good hopefully uh, spring weather games coming up pretty soon. Again, Derek, thanks for uh, covering all the different sports. I know you deep dive into Twitter and all those different ways that's You can find, um, you know, uh, stats and everything. Good luck to all those teams this coming up weekend. Look forward to talking giving the results next week. Well, Derek, as we wrap up our show each and every week, we've started to kind of touch base and remind everybody what we like to do is remind you of the wonderful – churches all across Hernando, all across DeSoto County. If you can hear me right now, we want to encourage you to attend a local church this coming weekend. And as we're about to mention, there are some great Sunday school classes out there that uh, we just know will be a blessing to you and your family. Uh, I talk a lot, uh, maybe ad nauseum, maybe some people get frustrated with it, but I talk about helping out with the youth group on Wednesday nights at Hernando Methodist and that's a special part of my week. Uh, But then the table service at Hernando Methodist that kicks off at 9 o'clock each and every week is also a wonderful time that I have with my uh, fellow you know churchgoers and church members there at Hernando Methodist. so I want to encourage you to get involved with and visit a local church this weekend. But most listeners know Derek is a Sunday school teacher, and Derek's been working through his class, a special book that they've been working through. Derek. What's going on in our lesson this week?
1: All right, so this week we're going to be talking about the ten circumstances where we come from that could cause us to be in the hurried situation that we're in or, or that we feel that we're constantly right. in. And then we start to look to uh, learning how to make the changes. Again, Matt, this is something he repeats several times in the book. How many times in the Bible was Jesus late? Uh, Did he take his time? I mean, his friend Lazarus was dying, and he still took two days to rest before he even got there. So Jesus was never in a hurry. And so it's like, okay, if, if the most important that's ever walked the face of the earth did not have to hurry. Right. Why are we hurrying? Yeah. And so that's kind of it's going to lead to that. So that's what we'll be covering, and we're really looking forward to the class on Sunday.
0: I know I know several people that are in your Sunday school class, and they've mentioned the book, uh, working through the book, and and uh, trans- it's transforming them, and it's been really good for to work through with their wives. And again, your your Sunday school class covers typically. I mean, it's all couples, which is great. So um, you know, wonderful thing that th- there. So I'm not saying go attend Derek's Sunday school class, but that's something we like to end on is to encourage people to visit and uh, you know. Maybe get back into church uh, this coming. And we, weekend.
1: we do I mean, we we do have couples. We also encourage you know singles to come. It's the age group. It's more of an age group thing where it's like late twenties yeah. to early forties type uh, range.
0: Yeah, basically the people that listen to podcasts. That's right. Did I mention how many podcasts there are in Hernando now? Have I mentioned that yet? There's like more than one. <laughs> I think there's more than one. There's a lot of them, but I don't know. Hey, but I, we may have been the first one. I don't know for the real one though. I, I, I don't know I, We're the first one. Possibly. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Well, look, those are some of the jokes and some of the fun things we talk about on the UTW Podcast. Learn more about us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy our show, you'll enjoy OB Pod. covers the eastern side of DeSoto County, releases the show really early on Monday mornings. They also cover Lewisburg, Olive Branch, and Center Hill Athletics. OB Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, hope you have a wonderful uh, weekend. Hope you have a good, uh, safe Super Bowl. Uh, Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll talk more about that next week and then cover some of those uh, tournament games for the local kids. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next week under the water tower.